Welcome to Stood Out Conversations, the podcast. I'm your host, Pramesa Langa. Kolisa Sinyanya, she's my absolute rock star of a woman. I don't recall the how and when I started following her on social media, but my Twitter has been filled with learnings, wit, and fabulous energy that reminds me about how incredible women are, especially when women stand up together and work together and they're owning their spaces whilst encouraging others to do the same. In this episode of the podcast, we will be finding out about Colisa, the journey that she's been on in the field that she's chosen, oceanography, the appeals, successes, the future of STEAM in the world, and how Africa is continuously making its presence felt in the industry. But there is so much more to be done, and Colisa is definitely one of those individuals making sure that they find a way. Enjoy the episode. How are you? Do you feel like I'm Good. How's your day going? Uh, not too shabby. Um, it's probably one of my productive weeks. <laughs> really? <laughs> not highly productive, but very productive, um, relatively speaking, because it's 2020. Okay. Right, so we just we go with it. We go yeah, with it. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for joining Sisterhood Our Conversations, Nam Thank you for inviting me. The conversation. I mean, I I think for, for me, when I look at your profile, there are days when um I'm just like, you know, let me get a boost of, you know, like okay, I can do this life thing. And I remember bumping into your into your profile, and I was like, "Pomeza, there are there are people in PhD things, like gather yourself, Pomeza. Like what? <laughs> and you know, not even in the in the feeling pressurized, but feeling so inspired because I mean, even the the field of study that you're in, I'm like, sure, okay, all right, this is interesting. Yeah." <laughs> So let's let's start there. I mean, how did you even get into a space of oceanography? I mean, like, how did that journey begin for Ukolisa? Uh, well, it was, I could say it was by chance and also okay. it was somewhat of a, a calling and wow. a desire all at the same time. Yeah. Because... In my journey of um, studying microbes, microbial communities, I yes. um, I enjoyed it so much and was fascinated and intrigued by it in my masters um, okay. at the University of Cape Town um, so much that I wanted to try it out in the ocean. You know, I wanted to understand how the microbes work in the ocean because I didn't know I didn't know anything about the ocean. I actually mm thought the same um, physics and chemistry and um, dynamics that happen in the ter- terrestrial environment yes. also apply in the ocean. And I was totally wrong. The ocean is a totally different world. 
Okay. Um, it's like studying space, which is also different, you know. So uh... I, because I was fascinated by the ocean, I went out and I did some research on how I could get into ocean research. Okay. Um, and I discovered that actually there are microbes in the ocean too. They are just not the ones I work with. Um, and at the time I was working with soil bacteria. Okay. And the microbes in the ocean include phytoplankton. Yeah, there are bacteria. But mm-hmm. um, I ended up um, attracting who works mm-hmm. with phytoplankton, Dr. Sarah Fawcett. Okay. Um, she's a she's a Harvard and Princeton graduate mm-hmm. who is was born in South Africa and works for the University of Cape Town, and so I emailed her asking mm. about an ad that I had seen about these microbes and um, studying their DNA. Wow. And when I when I uh, emailed her, she responded. Yes. She immediately responded to me and. Uh, I think she looked me up and she said um, she thinks she would like to work with me. Oh, okay. And this is me just asking, just wow. asking, um, would I have to do this program at UCT, with yes. UCT, or um, there was another option where you could do it with Rhodes University. And I was like, yeah. well, I want to come back to UCT because I had done my master's with UCT and I like yeah. Cape Town mm. and UCT. <laughs> so um, sh- that's how it happened. She immediately was, uh, I guess, fascinated by me too, mm. and wanted to work with me. And and then, and so we had a chat one day, and she offered me the PhD. She just said to me that mm. um, I actually wanted to hear your voice, but this was yours if you wanted, if you wanted. And the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> and look at you now. exactly my life changed from that moment my life changed completely i i can absolutely only imagine but for the young colisa i mean when did the science fascination begin for you and i mean was there a teacher was there an experience was there i mean when did science when did you look at science and think to yourself that could be it for me Uh, I like that you use the word fascination um, okay. because because as far as I can remember back when I was mm. a kid, okay. I don't remember wanting to be anything else. If I did want to be anything else, it was um, an, a second option mm-hmm. to science. And no, it wasn't at school um, <laughs> or by a teacher. Because remember, where we come from, um, but places like Mtata, there mm. aren't scientists. Well, there weren't scientists that I knew. I didn't know any scientist in real life. I knew mm. scientists from watching TV. Yes. And the, what inspired me to um, want to be a scientist, to see myself as a scientist, I always saw myself as a scientist mm. as a kid, mm. was my parents I don't know where it came from I think my parents were nerds or unnerds especially my dad yeah and 
<laughs> and they somehow instilled it in me that I I can be that yes. you know and I've I've always been fascinated by science shows on TV mm. um, um, and I wouldn't see any black scientists so I was like well okay so I'm gonna be one of the first scientists and I uh, growing up in a university town Tata which yeah. has um, a university which was at the time called the University of Trans Sky yes. uh, because it was on homeland and it was the Trans Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, I always knew that I would have a degree, right? Okay, uh, yes. Because around June and July every year you would get invited to um, to graduations, and um... you know how um, it's mostly women who will have their graduations and men will just graduate and go home. So when I was growing up, I, it's what was modeled to me that women graduate, you know, black women have degrees. So I always knew that I would have a degree and I had chosen, I chose as a kid that I Mm. would have a, a science degree and that's what I aimed for. Wow, that's that's quite intentional for a young person to to say this is the path that I want for myself. Especially, I mean, a lot of the time we chop and change. I mean, I remember um, I went from wanting to do psychology to doing law. Um, there was a time I thought I wanted to do, do journalism, and then I landed up in communications and doing PR. So it's it's quite interesting that that you knew from an early early age that this is what you wanted to do, and when you touch on the fact that I mean, as a black as a young black woman, a young black child growing up, now that you are in this space in this um, really remarkable um, profession that you're in, does it? when you look around you and some of the faces that you see, even though that is changing, I'm, I think I'm, I'm seeing from my intentionally trying to look for more black women in your space. What was it in the beginning? Was it, was it a case of you seeing women who don't look like you, um, who were white women, but ideally women who believed in you or were they looking at you and thinking, but this doesn't make sense. How did you land up here? What the academic experience for you, how, what was that journey like, especially in the early years? Um, I was fortunate that I was surrounded by women mm. who believed in me. And I would see that these women do believe in me. And so when you see that the next person yes. thinks you can, you start thinking, <laughs> yes. okay, maybe I can. Because we are mm. our biggest critics, right? So when you look at yourself, you're like, ah, I mm. don't think I can. And then the next person, which will be a woman in yeah. most cases, will tell you that, of course you, you can. can. Yes, you can. Go for it. And so I, um, while I, when I got into yeah. um, the science spaces, I... Um, was surrounded by a lot of black women because my first experiences of the science world were in yes. Tata, right? Because I went to Walter Street University and um, a lot of the the lecturers there were, wow. were women, black women. 
brilliant black woman who had Thanks. studied all over the world and had gone back to Tata to um, do whatever they mm-hmm. went there to do, whether it was to give back or to lecture or um, to bypass, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> so I, I got yeah. to meet those women. And my first supervisor, uh, my research supervisor mm-hmm. was a black woman, mm-hmm. Dr. Ndoni. And she she thought yeah. I was brilliant. She always used to tell me that she can see the great distinctions between me and mm-hmm. the other students and that I probably read a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but like she, mm-hmm. she, she believed in me so much. And I remember when she wrote um, a motivational um, letter for me, um, uh, when I was trying to get into a master's mm. uh, program, the words she had written, the, those were so powerful that they changed the way I, mm. I see myself, wow. you know, in the research spaces, and- in science. You know, she was the first woman for me in science to tell me that, mm. in, indirectly tell me that, I am going to be great and I should stay in this space, this the research space. And she was telling other people about me yeah. in the letter. Wow. So um, for mm. me, that was so powerful. And now I am surrounded by mm. more women. Um, but now it's, it's mostly okay. predominantly white women. But it's white women yes. who are empowering, who believe in me, who... Who met? Who are my mentors? Who model um, how I should be? <clears throat> who I steal <laughs> ideas from? And of course, I always say, when you steal, don't do it exactly as the person. Oh, yeah. Just steal and mold it for um, for it to work for okay. your environment, yeah. for your audience, for um, for your intentions. For example, um, I'll, I'll make an example. Steal how um, your mentor yes. communicates um, and use that yes. in your world where you communicate with the people, with the audience that you oh, want to reach. Okay. But you, 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 you know the style that you are supposed to be using. Become okay. collected. Even if someone tries to uh, yes. throw jabs at you, yes. still be collected and calm. If you are throwing any shade, throw it in a very <laughs> ladylike <laughs> manner. But it it should be impactful, mm-hmm. you know. So things okay. like that. Um, so I'm very fortunate that mm-hmm. I have those women in my. No, spaces. that's that's actually quite powerful. I mean, because especially when it's. I mean, women have a very bad rep in terms of how they support one another, um, whether it's white or black. But it sounds like you've got a really amazing tribe of women who've really helped you um, find your own way of what you do in terms of the science space. And there was a part where I read where um, you said that your background had made you identify flaws and gaps in how we communicate science. Um, can you just elaborate on that? Like, I mean, I mean, for me, in my mind, I can, I can, I can kind of have an idea of what you're saying, but I mean, explain it for yourself. I mean, what did you mean by that? 
Well, what I meant is that um, the science mm. we do is not just for us, and we need to talk about it. We need to communicate it. And the flaws that I identified were that um, the way we as scientists communicate our science is not um, to reach mm. the wider audience. Mm. It's not to um, have every single person who's listening to you understand. It's just to um, communicate for the mm. sake of communicating using those big words that we use, the scientific terms that we use that we mm. only understand. Sometimes even scientists in your own um, uh, area of specialization will no not way. understand. <clears throat> and so what I meant by that is that we need to evolve yes. the way we communicate okay. our science. We need yes. to be inclusive. Um, we talk a lot about transformation and yeah. inclusivity, diversity. It's not just in the working spaces. It's also in how we mm. communicate, how we communicate our work. And in my opinion, not just the science, but all yes. industries. We need to understand how mm. our world works. For example, right now there's um, coronavirus, yes. COVID-19, and majority of people on the planet don't still don't understand how it works. And therefore the ignorance um, pierces through. Mm. And sometimes we can't really blame the people because we don't communicate effectively. And so mm-hmm. that's what I meant in the science. And um, when we talk yes. about global warming, mm. for example, who knows about global warming? Probably people hear this buzzword, global warming, yes. climate change. They don't even know that global warming leads mm-hmm. to climate change. Um, most of most times when I um, talk to people about climate change, they, they think it's a separate thing from global warming. You have it's to explain that global climate change is something that is a result yes. of global warming. You know, the world is changing because it's warming up and therefore the climate changes. Some regions become warmer, some become cold, you know, um, some become drier. And a lot of people don't understand how these things operate. And that's why we have to um, yes. communicate our science effectively. But communicating effectively doesn't mean we lose yes. the actual science we don't lose the science, but we make sure it's understood. No, that's, I mean, that's actually quite important. And I mean, I love seeing the way you use your, your platforms, especially with social media and how you, I mean, it, even like when you're sharing certain posts or where there's a place where you're speaking um, or there's an article, I mean, I, I, I'll still read it and be like, okay, some of this I don't quite understand, but I appreciate how you are using the technology that people are using on a day-to-day basis and you're understanding that your work um, impacts all of us on a day-to-day basis, even if we're not completely aware of it, but you do share it and you do try to make it relatable and connect the dots for us, um, even if we'll connect it much, much later, but you're you're intentional with that <laughs> no trust me there's some articles i'm like Yo, okay, yeah I, no. I yes i am i'm very yes. intentional and i i think 
even from your your life journey i mean it's the word that i use because even when i'm speaking to you and the things that you're sharing i'm connecting the dots you know and i'm like oh okay this is from my upbringing oh this is from this and it's very rare that you have um those kind of life journeys a lot of the time like some of us like you, you kind of wake up and you trip over yourself and you land up where you land up and then you then you're like okay wait hang on a second where do I go to from here and then actually taking those steps seriously and from from the work that you do I mean there's there's always a thing where they say that you know Africa is the poorest stepchild of the rest of the world but even though our arguments as Africans say but we are the lifeblood we are the heart Um, a lot of great and amazing things have come from Africa. But as a woman in the sciences um, and in your profession, when it comes to speaking to young girls and young women to say there is an opportunity in STEM, um, there are opportunities, these are the opportunities, um, this is how you can access them if you don't have the, the resources that, you know, that every other person has um, because of different background situations. How how are we trying to to make it accessible for young girls and women to be into STEM? Because it's the buzzword. Everybody talks about STEM. Everybody wants you know more um, young girls and young people, young black people, to enter those areas. But is are we um, in terms of general public, but also in terms of your profession? Are there more things that can be done in partnership with the general public to say, okay, these are the spaces that you can be in in terms of STEM. It's not necessarily the mainstream spaces, but it's still part of STEM. Don't look at your interest in National Geographic as something that's just your passing time. If you are interested in it, this is how you can incorporate STEM into it if that's also something that you're interested in. So how how are we doing that i mean how are you doing that and in a greater african collective you know how how what's this the current status quo like what's happening in the industry within africa um i feel like we're not doing enough of that um we're not doing nearly enough Mm. actually of that because when we compare the two worlds um the totally different worlds of black young girls and um, um, POC yes. young girls and white girls. We know that the white white girls, women and girls have more opportunities um, that connect them with how to get into yes. STEM, what STEM is all about. They grow up understanding yes. those dynamics. And now we come to our side, the black POC um, women mm. and girls and I don't think we are doing enough mm. um, and of course we we would need a yeah. partnership because I don't think as uh, STEM we would alone achieve yes. the goals we, we would need a partnership with our yeah. government with, um, um, with the yeah. industry with uh, the private practices, mm-hmm. right, to formulate um, not just techniques, but also uh, things yes. like workshops where we can have 
people go to schools in yes. numbers. I'm not just talking about what's happening now where probably four scientists or mm-hmm. random people go to a certain mm-hmm. school, say in Gualang, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, where the school is situated is also another thing we need to uh, be wary of, very yes. mindful of, because there are schools that are <clears throat> in the rural areas that have no idea what the science is mm. all about. Even their teachers are not mm. that clued up um, about science and what scientists mm. do. And so the partnerships that we would have, which we at, at this point are not rich enough, even if they are there, they are not um, um, the, of the magnitude that yes. we need you know, for, for producing um, mass STEM women yes. and girls because that's what we need for yes. our country, yeah. right? That's what we need for our continent. <clears throat> that's the aim. And so at this pace, um, I don't think we are mm. doing enough. We, we definitely need to do more. And to answer your question about what I am personally mm. doing, what I do is, I talk about if if I was getting paid to talk about science, I would be rich. <laughs> I talk about science everywhere mm. I go. Um, sometimes people roll their eyes when I when I speak about no. science. I'm like, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to keep, keep quiet, talking about. Sorry. It. Yes. <laughs> you know? So I talk about it, and you are one of the mm. witnesses, uh, one of the people who know that I'm always <laughs> talking about what I do, why I do it, how it impacts mm-hmm. society, what is your role, how can you fix it, um, why you need to be educated. So um, if we had more people who do that, in fact, if science communication became um, a compulsory yes. subject, even from from primary school where we have SciComm, we have uh, coding, kids would understand the importance of um, being yes. in STEM because when you have those skills, you can go into any um, mm-hmm. STEM industry that you want to go into, that your personality um, affords you to go into and that you you mm-hmm. like, you know. So talking about it on social media for me is one of the, the big things I do. And I do understand that not everyone has a mm. smartphone, but when I get the chance to speak about it yeah. in person, that's what I do. And that's one of the reasons why I always give mm. talks. I now don't just give talks. I get invited yes. to give talks. Um, <laughs> since, since, since I was a runner-up on um, Fame Lab, which is the biggest science communication competition wow. in the world, um, in 2017, from then, my life just became about speaking about science, mm. where I, if there's a um, pint of science, South Africa happening, I'd get exclusive emails asking me to wow. join, you know, can you please um, give a TED talk? Um, can you come speak at this occasion? Yes. You know, um, so that's, that's my role. Um, in the whole thing, but we Much need to more. do. Yeah. We definitely need to do more. Yeah. 
I was um, in February, I was invited to the <clears throat> women and girls mm -hmm. in STEM okay. conference, which was happening yes. in New York. Yes. Of course, I couldn't attend because I was, I, was, I had to give a talk in, in, um, in California. I remember that too. Even yeah. just being invited to those That's platforms, mm. you know, is, is mm. something huge because when a kid mm. who knows you yes. from Tata sees you doing that, they will show yes. another kid who's probably from the rural part of Tata and it will spread, oh. you know, um, and, and they will see themselves mm. at the United Nations as well, giving a talk, mm. you know, so... Oh. That's how it works for me. It has a ripple effect. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Like I just, I could actually envision that. Like because it does, it does such an amazing thing to the psyche when you see someone who looks like you from a community that is yours or could be yours, being in a space that you think is out of reach to you, and when you see someone in that space, you're like, actually it is possible. I can do this in, in a different yeah. way, in my own way. Yeah. That's incredible. So please tell us more about Black in Geoscience Week, as well as Ocean Women, because <laughs> I, 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 love, I love Ocean Women. Like it, it just gives me that, hey, this is, this is a great space to be in. All right. So Ocean Women is a fellowship that was started by the office of the vice chancellor, mm -hmm. Professor Mamakete Pagang. Mm -hmm. When she got into office, she identified that some of the departments mm -hmm. at the University of Cape Town were not transformed. Mm -hmm. They were not diverse. Okay. And she introduced uh, fellowships wow. for black women in those, oh, yes. in those particular uh, fields of mm -hmm. study and oceanography was uh, <laughs> was one of those um, departments or fields and fields mm. of studies that um, were part of it. Wow. And so one of the lecturers, which is who is now um, uh, a PI, mm -hmm. um, a lead PI at Ocean okay. Women, um, won the um, what do you call it? The okay. grant and. I was one of the students mm -hmm. who were chosen wow. to be part of the fellowship, the inaugural cohort. Okay. And we were chosen because we are brilliant. Mm -hmm. We show um, leadership and um, we are expected to be highly influential mm -hmm. in the marine science spaces in the future. Mm -hmm. I feel like even already? now, because mm -hmm. we already are influential. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what Ocean Women is. Yeah. It's a fellowship at the University of yeah. Cape Town in the Oceanography Department. I additionally was headhunted by the lady who um, runs their social media okay. stuff and and webs and their website. And she she came to my office one day. Okay. She was like, "Oh my gosh, Colisa, <gasps> I finally meet you in person." <laughs> Ben, ben, ben. Like, okay, <laughs> hi, who are you? <laughs> and um, she she asked me, can you please manage our um, our um, social media accounts, wow. the Ocean Women social media accounts? And mm. of course, I agreed because I mean, it made sense to me. 
exactly. it's ours. Mm. So I'll just be getting paid to do something that I love, right? Yes. So I agreed to run those accounts mm. and that's what's happening right now. Mm. And then Black, um, Black and Geoscience Week was a... Um, a global mm-hmm. event that happened in September. Yes. I think it started on the 12th or the 10th of September. Yes. And it happened for a week. And I was headhunted again mm-hmm. um, or recruited in this mm-hmm. case by one of the doctors, Craig Boku, from the United Kingdom mm-hmm. um, um, to represent South Africa. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And so I was part of a, um, a group of scientists mm. from around the world, especially the UK and the USA. Sure. Um, and I think we had two people from Africa, but they don't live in Africa, okay. um, who, were, who were part of the organizing team. Sure. And during our meetings, which were awkward because we all had different time zones, you oh, know how America yes. will you move from one state to the next and there's four hours oh, apart. Yeah. Oh gosh, it was crazy. Yeah. But uh, the meetings would, would often happen at like 10 p.m. for mm-hmm. South African Standard mm-hmm. Time, which was fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was still awake, <laughs> still coding, still waiting for an interview, something. Something was know? happening. <laughs> Yeah, something happening. <laughs> so um, um, Craig, Dr. Craig Pope, who asked me to be the content lead for Hydrosphere Day, which was all about water, okay. uh, water research. And of course, I went mm-hmm. for it. Um, and basically, what Black and Geoscience Week was all mm-hmm. about, um, I always say, was to highlight the hidden figures in geoscience because mm-hmm. geoscience is one of those fields inside or rather the, that one field yes. in science that has the least diversity mm-hmm. um, the least transformation it's the slowest to transform and mm-hmm. we are one of uh, the, the few black mm-hmm. people in those spaces and so we wanted to highlight um, the, the few people who are mm-hmm. there um, have a conference-like um, networking yes. platform yeah. on social media, at the same time introduce a global um, event. Of course, there were previous uh, Black yes. in something mm. before mm. us, but we wanted to have some sort of difference because geoscience... Um, doesn't just focus on water. Some people work on volcanoes. Some people work on mm-hmm. rocks. Some people work in space. It's all geoscience. Wow. Okay. Um, and so the different spheres of natural science were all incorporated. Mm-hmm. And we decided to um, classify each day or divide each day um, distinctly according to what it focuses on in terms of rock water, uh, space, um, and everything else mm. that uh, encompasses geoscience. And so that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And 
we did a, no, a lot of networking. Mm-hmm. We did a, a lot of amplifying mm-hmm. of other black geoscientists around the world. But <clears throat> there's one thing that I didn't get from Black and Geoscience mm-hmm. Week. I didn't find another black woman oh. anywhere in the world who works on what I work on. And that's insane. Wow. That, that's huge. I was hoping to meet up with maybe five or six, but you know, there was or nine, maybe yeah. seven. Nothing. Sure. Absolutely nothing. No, that's yo. Okay, no, that's that's big. That's. But but it was a great success. Okay. A, a, a resounding success. That's amazing. And when is the next one? I'm guessing next year. Uh probably next yeah. year. Um, I don't know if I'll be part of it, okay. but. Next year we'll see. No, but that's no. It, look, you guys have you've all in your own spaces as black women, in in the sciences, as you're representing in your own ways, in the ways that matter, not just to yourselves, but to also to the professions that you're in, but to other young black people who are thinking about their careers, interested in being the spaces that you're in, and you're now making it accessible and allowing others to see what you're doing and to say, look, you can do it. There's there's no room. Pardon? The aim for me is to have more Black people see themselves in the roles that we are in. And we are just still climbing. We are not, we haven't reached the pinnacles no. yet. We are still climbing. Mm. And majority of black people in this country won't make it to where we are, even mm. though we are not where we are yet. I mean, where we want to be yet. Yes. We are still students. But majority of uh, black people in this country, it's a reality. It's a reality that we live mm. every single day that they will never get to this point. and for me it's to be there and just be like yes you can though you can (laughs) you just need you need to work towards it you need to um, to associate with the right people you need to watch how it's done because it's not like we come from rich families or families that had scientists Mm -hmm. in the family you know um, for example, my mom is my mom was a housewife. My dad worked um, was a civil civil servant, okay. if you could put it like that. Okay. And it's not like um, we had riches for for me to get to or my me and my brothers to get to where we are mm-hmm. today. No, we just worked hard towards mm-hmm. um, our goals. We we were not those kids who who had our um, fees paid in advance mm. for example mm. you know we had to hustle yes. our ways through university just like um most black people yes. in the country and we we make it to where we are mm. and when you get here you realize that oh gosh i can get there too yes. okay next place is that yes. when you get to a certain level you know that um you can reach the next level yeah. And so that's what I try to do. It's to attract, attract other black people, attract other black people mm. and make other black people believe they don't have to be in science. Mm. They can be in any industry. Mm. Um, <clears throat> of course you don't, I mean, like, like, 
can't be talking about drug dealing. <laughs> no, no, like no, 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 no. I can get to the next level. <laughs> not, not that kind <laughs> of Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I love that. I could actually talk to you all afternoon because, like, it, even the way that you speak, it's so inspiring. And I, I love there's someone on your um, on LinkedIn who recommended you. And one of the things that she said was that I envision you as my UCT undaunted genius who fearlessly confronts and overcomes every challenge. And I mean, I, I, I read that. that. I didn't <laughs> see that. <laughs> gotten so much out of this conversation um it's left me very inspired um it's left me even looking at what i do and how i can you know not necessarily take it to a broader audience but i mean take it to a broader audience but just to show just even just one person one young girl when they look at thinking about doing something where this in the communication space or social media how they can use social media as a platform for good and to connect other people i mean if i can just reach one person that just makes me feel good and happy and to have these kind of conversations with incredible women such as yourselves like it's oh yeah um i'm i'm feeling all warm and fuzzy inside thank you <laughs> <laughs> me too thank you too <laughs> Thank you so much, Kalisa, for joining us to do our conversations today. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Kamala. And Gosa Sisi, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye. Cheers. <laughs>